Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everyone and welcome back to the latest Royal Blue Podcast uh, pre-season diary edition. Now if you're uh, missing the sultry tones of Phil Kirkbride, I can only apologise. I am Adam Jones and I have been sent all the way to the banks of the River Vesa uh, in Bremen to see Everton take on Werder Bremen on Saturday afternoon. Uh, it is currently Friday evening. Uh, I'm the time of recording it's about half nine, and uh, I've had quite the experience in trying to travel all the way to Germany for this one. Uh, a lot of delayed flights have meant that I am around three, three and a half hours uh, later than scheduled. And of course, right at the end of it, Everton confirmed a signing as well, so we've got a lot to discuss. Well, I've got a lot to discuss by myself in this hotel room for now. Uh, and we'll probably start with uh, Everton's fourth signing of the summer, Jean-Philippe Bamin. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, I hope I'm not butchering that, but I'm presuming the G at the start of that is silent. Uh, yeah, I'm presuming it's not Gabamin. Uh, but yeah, Everton needed a replacement for Idrissa Guy. Obviously, uh, he confirmed his move to Paris Saint-Germain earlier this week, and uh, Everton have moved really quickly to secure his replacement. And by all accounts, they've really picked up a very, very good midfielder from Mainz uh, for an undisclosed fee. He's put pen to paper on what is a five-year contract and. You know, he just looks, he does look the real deal. Only 23 years old, which, you know, he fits perfectly into the kind of philosophy that Marco Silva and Marcel Brands uh, are trying to instill at Goodison Park. You know, the, we saw them do this last summer, uh, signing players between the ages of 20 and 25. You know, uh, they might not be the finished article yet. They might take a little bit of polishing, but uh, they have not got proven Everton wrong uh, up to this point, and I'm sure Bannon won't be any different. Uh, he's a tough tackling defensive midfielder, has been playing centre-back, uh, I believe, for Mainz in uh, recent times, but he has been signed as the defensive midfielder uh, replacement for Guy, so Everton are still on the hunt for a centre-back, and still have the fingers crossed that it's going to be Kurt Zuma, of course. Uh, Bamman won't be uh, travelling or taking part in uh, this game, of course. Uh, he'll have next week to try and uh, settle in a Finch farm, try and uh, settle in and integrate with his new teammates, of course, as well, and uh, see if he's ready for the Crystal Palace game next weekend, and if not, the Wofford game at home uh, at Goodison Park the week after. Uh, it's certainly a really exciting signing uh, for Everton. I think... Everyone was really expecting the signing of uh, Moise Ken to be the next one, but uh, this one just really seemed to gather traction out of nowhere. Uh, it seemed at first that Mines were going to be driving a bit of a hard bargain, but uh, you know, again, credit to Marcel Brands and the uh, all the backroom team at Everton who've 
put managed to pull off this deal. Uh, obviously, it seems a really good deal uh, for Everton, and otherwise Brands wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have gone for it. Of course, uh, he's a versatile, tough tackling, strong, uh, tall defensive midfielder. Uh, just seems like he's going to fit in perfectly into the system uh, that Marco Silva is trying to implement from next season onwards. But I think the interesting question really is just how how the midfield is going to look. Uh, at the start of the season, you know, that's now uh, Bamin in and Gomez in on a permanent contract. That's address a guy out, uh, Fabian Delph, of course, also uh, coming into the club. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how Marco Silva assesses his options. It seems that at the minute, Morgan Schneidlin and Bamin would be the defensive midfield options, while Delph and Gomez would be competing for the uh, sort of box-to-box midfielder slot, uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, And then Gilfie Sigurdsson seems still to be the only attacking midfielder, but, you know, we have seen over pre-season so far that Tom Davis has been stepping into that position a lot. Uh, Usually we're used to seeing him competing for that box-to-box role, but, you know, with Gomez and Delph being there now, it'll be intriguing to see whether maybe Tom Davis becomes... Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson's backup in attacking midfield. Uh, it will be certainly interesting to see. Uh, t- for tomorrow's game, at least, you're expecting the midfield three to be Delph, Gomez, and Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, because, uh, by all accounts, you're, ex- you're really expecting Marco Silva to be putting out a team uh, for this Bremen game, which is pretty similar to the one that's going to be starting against Crystal Palace. Uh, if not the exact side that's starting against Crystal Palace, depending on, you know, whether new signings are deemed fit enough and ready and blah blah blah. So, yeah, it'll be really intriguing to see what kind of lineup he goes for. Uh, I think it's still it's still pre-season, so it's still I think majority about fitness. Uh, this match, like. You start to you start to care about the result a little bit more, obviously with uh, the season only a week away from starting. But this is going to be a tough test against Werder Bremen. Uh, their season doesn't really get underway for another two weeks. That's when the Bundesliga uh, campaign starts, anyway. They next weekend they do have a DFB Pokal match, uh, so which is the German Cup. Uh, they do have a match in that, but they are facing a team called, let me try and find this, uh, Atlas Delmanhorst, who I believe are a sixth tier side. So you're not really expecting them to cause Werder Bremen all that much difficulty. So I think they will be maybe focusing on that Bundesliga game uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So perhaps there's an opportunity for Everton to take a little bit of advantage uh, they should be fit and ready enough to be able to cause Werder Bremen a lot of problems, uh, you know, despite being away from home and everything like that. So it should be a really intriguing match. Uh, in terms of the lineup, you're expecting uh, Pickford in goal, uh, Coleman, Keane, Mina, Dean, uh, the midfield three that I suggested, and then the front three is quite intriguing, to be honest. Uh, you'd hope that Richarlison comes straight back in uh, after his 
obviously he had an extended pre-season break and it's you know really nice to uh, finally be able to welcome him back and uh, it'll be important for Everton to try and get as many minutes into him as possible uh, before they take on Crystal Palace next weekend because you know Premier League is a whole different kettle of fish to pre-season you can't really be going into a Premier League game uh, like caught cold and Richarlison certainly won't want to be doing that. Uh, Silver certainly won't want to be throwing him into that situation either. So I'd expect Richarlison to actually try and pick up as many minutes as possible. I think he'll at least get a half of football. I wouldn't be surprised if he got maybe an hour or so uh, to try and just fast-track him back into the side. Uh, and then aside from that, uh, perhaps we'll be seeing the same front three that was performing so well towards the end of last season. So uh, it would be Calvert-Lewin through the middle and Bernard uh, down the left. Uh, of, of course, uh, we've had Nathan Broadhead performing so well uh, over the course of pre-season, but he has confirmed his loan move away from the club this afternoon uh, to Burton Albion, which I think will be a really, really good move for him. It was really good that he signed a new contract as well before heading out because he's, as I say, he's him alongside Lewis Gibson as well. Them two have really, really, uh, on a personal level, he's certainly impressed me. Uh, they were very, very good towards the end of David Unsworth's under-23s, uh, their camp- double-winning campaign, of course. Uh, last season, uh, they were really, really vital components of that uh, in the running, especially. Uh, so... It's really good to see them stepping up to the first team and really, you know, performing well. And, you know, I think Broadhead's reward for that is not only a new contract, but hopefully getting first team football out on loan at Burton Albion, you know, with Everton still looking to make moves in the transfer market. Uh, we're obviously still expecting the signing of Moise Ken as well uh, to come in across that front line. So, you know, maybe his opportunities would have been a little bit limited if he'd have stayed at Everton. Uh, I think he's proven himself too good for under-23 football. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to see him move out on loan. And then aside from that, as uh, Everton's forward options for tomorrow's game, at least you've got uh, Theo Walcott as well, uh, who I suppose would be looking to try and get as many minutes as possible. Uh, Cenk Tosin has returned to training after his... Injury suffered on international duty earlier in the summer, so perhaps he might be looking to get a few minutes uh, in the tank. Uh, are we counting Kevin Morales as a forward anymore, or is he is he the de facto backup right back now? Uh, <laughs> we're definitely not expecting to start the season uh, like that at all. Everton are still on the hunt for a right back before Thursday's deadline, of course, and of course. Kevin Morales' future, of course, is still up in the air. I've said, of course, a lot there, but it is still up in the air. So it will be intriguing to see what happens with his future before Thursday. And it will be really interesting to see if he gets any minutes at all tomorrow. Uh, As I say, the results shouldn't really matter. uh, But I think Marco Silva will be looking for certainly a more structured sort of game. Uh, I'd certainly be expecting a few less substitutions in this one. Uh, You know, it's important to get as many minutes as possible into as many players as possible, of course. But at the same time, you want to try and get 90 minutes into the players that you're expecting to start against Crystal Palace next weekend. You know, can't really stress enough how important fitness is going to be for that game against Crystal Palace. And, you know, for those opening games 
in general, to be honest. You know, it's something that we discussed on the podcast earlier this week, I think. You know, Everton have been handed quite a nice start to uh, this campaign. So uh, they'll want to hit the ground running. Uh, and I think f- having a good deal of fitness behind them uh, will be key to that, really. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Marco Silva tries to uh, to set up his team. As I say, uh, the results shouldn't really matter, but you know, you do want to get as many wins as possible under under the belt uh, in pre-season, and it's not been the best for that uh, for Everton so far this year. But you know, at the same time, it really wasn't wasn't amazing last year either. But uh, you know that what followed was couple of good results to start the season against Wolves and Southampton uh, hopefully Everton will be able to go one better against Crystal Palace next weekend than the 2-2 draw against Wolves that started last term but of course uh, the big one at the minute is Werder Bremen uh, and I'm cautiously optimistic to be honest uh, maybe that's just the, uh, the jet lag talking but yeah I'm cautiously optimistic that Everton will be able to put in a good performance you know at the end of the day I just want to see you know some nice defensive solidity uh, and I want to see Everton harken back towards that you know that really vibrant quick uh, attacking football that was getting played uh, towards the end of last season you know particularly in those matches against Chelsea Arsenal Manchester United of course uh, you know, Everton blew them teams away uh, at different stages of those games. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know it's, <laughs> I know it's quite a lot to ask, and I know it's easy to say that, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that there'll be uh, at least the signs of that showing up again. And uh, yeah, as I say, the result doesn't particularly matter, but yeah, I would like to see a bit more of an energetic sort of performance uh, from Everton tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I think that's. All I'm going to record for this preview little podcast uh, for the Werder Bremen game, I will record a, another pre-season diary and our last pre-season diary of the summer, of course, uh, following Everton's game uh, tomorrow. And hopefully I will re- be reporting on a win uh, and hopefully I'll be able to speak to the manager after the game as well. So it will be interesting to see what he says on the topic of new signings and the Crystal Palace game towards the end of the week. So, yeah, I think I will leave it there. So thank you very much for listening to our latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast pre-season diary. Don't forget that you can rate and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, uh, whatever your podcast platform is. You'll be able to find us on there. And don't forget you can... Follow us on Facebook as well. Get involved in our Facebook group uh, for all the latest Robo podcast related news. But yeah, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.